0: All right. So, Matt, why is it okay for an ice company to commit fraud?
1: Uh, I don't know.
0: All of their assets are already frozen, so. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I figured it was going to be something like that, but I was thinking more like liquid liquid assets. Yeah, or,
0: liquidating or something or other.
1: Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. all right everybody here we are again matt how you doing tonight brother and i'm doing great good deal good deal um so hopefully i'm going to say this real quick before we get into um the housekeeping here but hopefully y'all enjoyed episode 200 that released last Mm -hmm. week um we certainly enjoyed it and we want to say again thank you to our lovely ladies for coming on the show and doing that with us um hopefully y'all learned a little something about us that maybe you didn't know prior and learned it in a, a way that was better than Matt and I just sitting here and going, well, this one time we decided to start a podcast. And so <laughs> I think the, I think uh, Amanda and Ashley enjoyed it too. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did. Um, I, I think they were uh, like, all of us are in the beginning, a little nervous about getting on the mic, um, at first, but, they did good after they. Nah, uh, uh, they did. They realized, like you and I realized, the mic's not going to bite you. So get on in there and talk to it. But
1: but I but I might.
0: Yeah, yep. <laughs> Matt might see. That's I, I didn't tell you this. That's the whole reason I moved um, and got a different studio <laughs> from Matt. Um, <laughs> it was it wasn't because I got married. It Matt bit too much, and I, I had to get <laughs> separate us by a few hundred miles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right.
0: That's all right. Um. So real quick, we so want to. I'm quick. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he's speed. Least
1: would you least expect it?
0: And, you know? I'm doing something. Next thing I know, he's latched onto my knee. I mean, it's weird. <laughs> So we want to say go check out the Podbelly Network uh, at podbelly.com. You can go check them out, find you some different shows to listen to. We're proud to be associated with them and proud to be members of the Podbelly Network. So go over there and check out the list of shows that are also members, and you might find you something that you really like. Um, We also want to thank tonight's sponsor, Raycon, and we will talk a little bit more about them later. If I could do this show with Raycons on instead of these cans, I certainly would. Man, wouldn't
1: that be great? Oh,
0: that'd be fantastic. (laughs) Um, Also, while you're on the internet, go check out patreon.com slash graveyard tales. Um, We have different levels. And for our $10 patrons there, they get to see video versions of us recording these episodes. So um, you can see from last week, you can see our ladies sitting with us and discussing. Um, You also get video versions of the Patreon episodes that we put out. Um, And you if you want to hear me do some musical stuff, I put that up there um, mm-hmm. several weeks back. Um, so go over there and sign up patreon.com slash graveyard tales. You can pick which level you want to join and, and join and get you some bonus episodes there.
1: So I'm jealous. Cause I, I'm going to put out some, some content, music content. You know, it's, it's me, um, playing, playing, a, uh, a, a mouth harp. <laughs>
0: dude if you get good at that mouth harp i'll play along with you <laughs> i think that, that'd that be a good fit for some of the songs i, I play that,
1: <laughs> that would that would be that would be about the only inch that and like a slide whistle you know oh yeah if adam ever records a song where he needs you know then i'm his guy you know i
0: bet you could do the recorder uh from like yeah, I, fifth grade I've, you could I've do got the recorder a, i've got a recorder yeah uh-huh. So I, I we could work something out, Matt. I think we could do that. Um, Sam
1: Fear, master of the
0: <laughs> pan <and> flute.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: If, if you sign up to um, become a $10 patron and watch this episode, you'll notice my new hat that I've got. I told Matt I was going to mention this. Now, if you live around here and you know about Babe's Chicken Dinner House, then I don't have to say anything else. You'll go, yeah. So chicken dinner house, I'm just, their chicken fried steak is amazing. And they serve their sides family style. So you just get big bowls of sides on the table. And yeah, oh my God, one of the best restaurants in the, in the city I grew up in. So been eating them for years, but we went there, I saw this hat and I'm like, I'm getting it. And then I wore it one time and we went to another like chicken strip place and the guy working behind the counter goes, do you work at babes? And I was like, "I, you know, I didn't think about that being an issue when I bought this hat, but no, I don't work at babes. Um, <laughs> so now when I wear it, I'm probably going to have to tell a bunch of people that, no, I don't work at babes. I just like their hat and their chicken.
1: Get some chicken scented cologne. and Oh, wear, yeah. You know, the sm- See, you know, KFC came out with all that has come out with some crazy stuff. They had like KFC Crocs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at one time they had the, the fire log that smells like fried
0: chicken. Didn't they have a candle uh,
1: too that smelled like fried chicken? Probably. I don't know for sure, but probably. And, and you know, you why not come out with like, you know, Axe Body Spray, but it's, you know, Babe's uh, Chicken Dinner House. Mm-hmm. And you just spray that on, put on the hat. No, I absolutely do not work there.
0: You yeah. smell like you work there. No, I, I just really like chicken. I'm sorry. I just. All right, well, man. So you,
1: I got I got one more thing to say. You All said right. they serve their sides family style. Okay? Mm. So I, I I remember years and years ago, I, I was going to take Amanda to this restaurant and I told her, I was like, it's great. It's family style. And she got this really weird look on her face. <laughs> and uh I was almost like like she was excited about going up until I said it's family style. Right. And I thought, what what did I
2: do? Yeah, what did I, I like, say? Is everything
1: okay? And she goes, Yeah, I just I just don't like eating with people that I don't know. And I was like, What are you talking about? she goes isn't that what family style means you know when you sit at a table with a bunch of people you don't know it's like no
0: no no." (laughs) not at all it's like i wouldn't
1: oh oh well okay yeah it's it's like so all this time she had thought that family style was like when you go to the japanese steakhouse Mm -hmm. and you have to sit around and you have people that you don't know yep yeah. Uh, she thought we were going to be at a table with people we didn't know. And I was like, no, I would hate that too. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: I know. Yeah. that, that I don't like that either. Um, it's something I put up with when we go to the Japanese steakhouse, but I usually get the uh, far end seat so I don't have to sit next to anybody. I don't know.
2: But yeah. You know,
0: I, and there's a way, there's
1: a way to prevent that from happening. Okay. Have five
0: kids. Uh, yeah, that's a good point.
1: And then you just take up all the seats and they can't seat
0: you. <laughs> that's a good point. I'd rather sit with strangers, though. <laughs>
1: you would. Yeah. You, you absolutely would.
0: <laughs> all right, Matt. So that that's enough BS in, in the beginning here. Why don't you tell us, what are we talking about tonight, brother?
1: Okay, so tonight we're, we're going to talk about another lost uh, city, and I say lost with quotation marks, right? Um, because some people kind of feel like it was never lost, but um, there, there is, there has been a legend of a city in Honduras that the uh, Spanish explorer Cortez heard rumors of uh, from what he said was. Um, how did he put it, Adam? He said it was it was credible. You know, a, a credible. Credible yep. sources, credible information that this uh this city existed. And and the story was is there was this white city in the jungle that had enormous wealth and it even had this enormous gold monkey statue. Yep. And so it became known as the lost city of the monkey god Mm -hmm. okay and and, you know what i'm talking about is la ciudad blanca Mm -hmm. or you know the white city um and, and and 500 years since cortez was poking around in the jungle trying to find it um we think we might actually have found it
0: yep and there's some it, arguments about that, but we'll talk about that's true. that. <laughs> We're going to
1: talk about that too. Um, but you know, uh, there's a you know, there's always something that's going on with a lost civilization, a lost yep. city, any of this stuff. And there's plenty about uh, La Ciudad Blanca.
0: And and in my opinion, um, I'll preface the episode with this. In my opinion, when You hear of a city like La Ciudad Blanca that the jungle ate, basically, covered up. Yeah. In a way, I feel like that might be nature's way of trying to erase something from that area that may be a problem to current or future civilizations. Now, maybe that's me uh, with... Putting too much panpsychism into this stuff, where I'm thinking the jungle has some type of motive and and uh, sentience like that. Yeah. But I I think there there might be something to that where nature is like, no, I'm gonna try to cover this up because there might. Mm-hmm. And, and Matt's gonna get into one of the reasons here in a minute why yeah. it might do that. But
1: and and I feel I, I feel very similar. And like I said, we'll we'll get into it later in the show um but i i think there's more there's more to that um than than just adam's adam's statement of you know the jungle just took took stuff back um so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to discuss that
0: right like we say go check our sources down at the bottom of the show notes um, you can find where we found the information and you can continue the research. Um, there's always a little bit that we maybe don't touch on for time's sake um, or because it's too tangential to what we're talking about. It, it fits, but it doesn't quite fit. Um, so go check our sources down at the bottom of the show notes. Um, now, La Ciudad Blanca, or like Matt was saying, the legendary land of the monkey god, is located in the Mosquitia region in Honduras. Um, so I need to look at that region real quickly and talk about it. Um, now, Mosquitia is one of the last great wilderness regions remaining in Central America. It's located on the easternmost part of Honduras along what is called the Mosquito Coast, Um And it's part of the Western Caribbean zone there. So if you if you know the Caribbean zone, it's part of the the Western side of that. And the that area, the Mosquitia area extends into uh, Nicaragua as well. Um, So it's a big area and it's not just in Honduras, but what we're talking about is located in Honduras. Um, Now, the region is comprised of tropical rainforest, pine savanna and marshes. And these are mostly accessible by water or air. It's really, 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 really difficult to walk to these regions. Yeah. And there yeah. there is no way you're driving a vehicle in there <laughs> to these yeah. regions. Yeah, there's no there's no expressway. No. <laughs> if you think you're gonna catch an Uber to La Ciudad Blanca, you are wrong. It's not happening. Um now today this area. The, the Mosquitia area there is populated by indigenous peoples and indigenous ethnic groups. Um, and it has the largest continuous wilderness area in Central America. So basically, it, it has the most wilderness area that's not broken up by a city anymore. Now, as Matt said, Spanish conquistador Hernan Cortez, um, we've talked about him Recently in another episode, too. So this guy gets around. Um, But Hernan Cortez reported hearing trustworthy information about the ancient ruins, but he was never able to locate them. Now, in 1927, pilot Charles Lindbergh reported seeing monuments constructed from white stone flying over eastern Honduras. So as Lindbergh was making a trip, he looked down and he apparently saw some... Ruins, monuments that were all white, and he reported seeing that. Now, by the 1930s, there were rumors of a place in Honduras called the City of the Monkey God. And this was um, equated with Ciudad Blanca. And in 1939, adventurer Theodore Morde claimed to have found it and brought thousands of artifacts back to the United States to prove it. And I'll I'll say something about this later um, when Matt starts talking about um, the artifacts a little bit more, but I question this. Um, but one thing to touch on real quick. Remember, I said there was rumors of a place in Honduras called the City of the Monkey God. Mm-hmm. And it was equated with Ciudad Blanca. Right. So they... Right there, they're thinking that maybe it's not the same. Maybe it's not the same thing. Mm, Maybe the land of the monkey god is separate from La Ciudad Blanca. But we'll, we'll dive in a little more later. But just keep all that in mind when we keep talking about it. Now, according to Morde, the indigenous people said a giant statue of a monkey god was buried there. Now, he never revealed the precise location of his find because he feared that the site would be looted, and he was probably right on the money with that one. Um, if he'd have right. revealed it, it certainly would have been looted either by uh, people in the area going out and finding it or people traveling there simply to loot this city. Um, so it's kind of good that he kept it to himself, but sadly, he died before he was able to return to that site and continue the excavation. So by not revealing where he found this, it, it, it was a catch 22. You know, it was like, it's good because the site would remain pristine besides what he pulled out of there. Uh, but it got lost all over again. Now scans, of the rainforest in the Mosquitia region in 2012 to 2013 revealed broad plazas, earthworks, mounds, and an earthen pyramid. And this was all pointing to the existence of a flourishing settlement about a thousand years ago or so. Um, Now, the legends, the expedition, and the findings were later documented by American journalist and author Douglas Preston in his 2017 book titled The Lost City of the Monkey God, A True Story.
1: One of my favorite authors. We've mentioned him before on this show.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, he's another guy that gets around.
1: He is, he absolutely is. Um, now I've, I've not, I I honestly have not read, I I hadn't read this book. I probably will. Um, but I haven't read it. I, and I have only read his fiction. Mm -hmm. Um, which if you, if you're looking, if you need like a series of books to kind of get into, and you want to find one that's got 17 or 18 books um Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child um have a series of books uh featuring a uh, Aloysius Pendergast who is a, a New Orleans FBI agent
0: what a name man
1: yeah they they're fantastic but anyway enough enough of that but Douglas Preston he's they he he's he's almost more of an archaeologist than he is an author because and you can tell in his in his writing in his yeah. fiction um the research that he has done um he's got a lot of books that speak on native american uh folklore culture um just uh, he's he's a fascinating individual
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so yeah um Like you, I'm going to have to go read more of his stuff um, because I have skimmed a lot of his work just in in the research that we've done. But I haven't actually sat down and read a full book. So I I need to. Whenever I have time to read a full book, that is Um, now, when a team of researchers from the Conservation International's Rapid Assessment Program returned from Ciudad Blanca in 2017, The world was stunned by the findings of their biological survey. So not only did they come across an extremely rich presence of flora and fauna, but also some species new to science and several which were thought to be extinct. So I want to talk about some of that here in a second as well. But um, the team also discovered a remarkable cache of stone sculptures that had lain untouched since the city was abandoned. And Matt's going to touch on that here shortly, too. Mm hmm. Now, when I started this research, I thought, cool, I'm going to get to discuss the Maya in this episode. We discussed the Aztecs not too long ago, so I'm going to get to discuss the Maya and a city of theirs. Well, come to find out, most of the professionals don't believe that this was Mayan. Right. Um, They said that this society obviously had contact with Mm -hmm. the Maya during that time. Um, Yeah. But it wasn't a Mayan civilization, so I'm going to have to put off the Mayan discussion for yet another episode. Um, I could there, have. There was
1: there was definitely Mayan influence.
0: Sure, yeah, certainly, and that's what made me think initially that this was a Mayan settlement. But the further you get into it, the more you're like, no, it's actually not Maya. Um, so we'll have to do the Mayan episode later. But that this is one of those tangential information, things that if you want to go ahead and research, hop in there and start looking at it because um, it sort of relates to this city, but not exactly. Um, now, La Ciudad Blanca was built by people that were referred to as pre-Columbian people. So what's that mean? I'm sure we've heard it pre-Columbian civilizations, whatever. Well, ancient cultures located south of the present day United States um that that border there with uh, Mexico, if you lie south of that, um, they are referred to as pre-Columbian cultures. And it's the people that live there south of the present day U.S. border. So from Mexico down prior to the arrival of Columbus. So that would be pre-Columbian. Now, the three most notable pre-Columbian civilizations are the Aztecs, the Maya, and the Inca. They were the biggest of the pre-Columbian nations. Um, We've talked about the Aztecs. We will eventually talk about the Maya probably pretty soon, and we'll talk about the Inca. Uh, But this was another smaller group of pre-Columbian people that basically traded with all of these groups, but weren't technically any of them. Uh, Now, many of the pre-Columbian cultures eventually ended with the European contact, dying out from warfare as well as disease, um, which we discussed when we discussed the Aztecs. Wanted to get touch on the animals here in the region that they found, because this will kind of, I think this will give you an, an idea of what these people were up against when they went into that area, just hiking there. Um, According to the findings of Conservation International's researchers, the biodiversity of Ciudad Blanca is exceptional in the context of Central America, with most taxonomic groups showing a richness of species not seen in other parts of Honduras. In fact, some of the species found there, such as the white-lipped peccaries, which is, if you don't know, that's a pig-like animal. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of looks like an aardvark. Kinda, yeah. It's I, I like I was a, looking
1: at pictures of it, and I was like, "Well, this looks like a like kind of like an aardvark, or or a, mixed with like a, pe- a cross uh, between a, a pig and an aardvark."
0: And, yeah, and kind of mixed with a tapir, yeah, as well.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Um, but th- th- there's a subsect of them called the white lipped peccaries, and they're uh, apparently indicative of an intact, healthy forest. So if you've got them. Then you know it's like frogs in a pond. If you've got frogs and and stuff like that in a pond, you know it's a healthy pond because the water isn't contaminated. Um, Now, the team not only found 22 species that were not known to have uh, existed in Honduras prior to this, but also at least 43 species, which have been a source of concern for conservationists elsewhere. So, in other areas, they were like, oh, these species are going extinct they're on the endangered list they found them in the la ciudad blanca area of honduras and they didn't had no idea they were there mainly because you can't get to that dang place it's so hard to get to there's no way to know now there were endangered plants um there was a variety of palm um and there was a variety of fern there and those are two of the endangered plants found there and if you want to look up the uh Scientific name for those. Go ahead. I'm not going to try to repeat them, <laughs> um, but there, there is a variety of palm and a variety of fern that are endangered that they found in abundance there. Um, the endangered great green macaw and abundant population of uh, populations of the endangered Jeffrey spider monkey and the Baird's tapir have also been found. Now, researchers, they say, were delighted to rediscover the presence of the pale-faced bat, um, Philoderma stenops, which had been reported, it hadn't been reported in Honduras for over 75 years. So they thought it was extinct. Mm. And apparently, no, it just moved out there to a place where you can't find it. Um, There's a false tree coral snake, which had not been reported in Honduras for 50 years. Um, there's a tiger beetle that had only ever been recorded in Nicaragua, not in Honduras. Um, and one of the most interesting features is the presence of five of the cat species occurring in the region. So there's five major predatory cats, jaguar, puma, ocelot, margay, and the jaguarundi, which is a smaller type Jaguar. Um, in fact, the researchers actually named a study area around the La Ciudad Blanca area. They were not calling it La Ciudad Blanca. They were calling it Ciudad del Jaguar because mm-hmm. city of the Jaguar, because on the trail cans that they put up, they caught a ton of Jaguar running around this area. So these researchers had to battle to get into this area with the elements and and there's also the Fertilance in the area. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't know if y'all know is one of the most deadly, if not uh, the deadliest snake. Um, I think they call it the, uh, the six pace snake or something because you're yeah. dead before you take six paces.
1: Yeah. It's so, what I read was it's the deadliest snake in the New World. Mm uh-huh. hmm. So you know, in the, in the Americas, you know, outside yep. of Europe, Asia, and Africa, um, it, this is the deadliest snake. Right. And, you know, from what I understand it, it, it may even be more dangerous than the, the Lance head Viper, which, um, is on snake Island off of the coast of Brazil.
2: Right. Right.
1: And again, you now it's like, South America seems to have a lot of stuff that wants to kill you.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. It's it's a lot like Australia in that sense. Yeah. Uh, Everything in Australia wants to kill you. Well, apparently, South America is the same way. All of these, I mean, you got five different big cats in that region. You've got, um, you've probably got a lot of plants out there too that if you brush against them will hurt or cause rashes. If you eat them, they'll kill you. So, I mean, it's not, an easy place to research it's not an easy place to get to but they got there yeah. and they found stuff have you ever seen a picture of a jag- jaguarundi yeah um i did but
1: y'all y'all need to look this up this looks like a a house cat and a and a sea otter
0: yeah it's weird together it's a and, tiny and then, little jaguar
1: said, okay you're going to walk like a monkey okay that's what it looks like Mm -hmm. i mean i i've never seen one of these in a picture or anything and i looked it up and i'm like this is the craziest looking thing it's like a venomous weasel or something (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah never never heard of that at all
0: it's what i don't know It, it has that um main coon looking face like if you look at it yeah Uh the the front part of it kind of looks like a main coon but it's it's not cute this it will attack you it will kill you so
1: yeah all right so um as we said it's it's extraordinarily dangerous to to go to to try to even go to this place um but even more so, when uh, when Cortez first learned of this city of great wealth hidden in the jungle, uh, he also learned that, according to legend, that that city was cursed, and it was said that anyone who dared to enter the so-called White City would fall ill and die. Mm-hmm. Okay, so five hundred years later, we learned that the curse was more than just a myth, okay? Right. As Adam mentioned earlier, author Douglas Preston went on an expedition to find the white city in 2015 and in his book, The Lost City of the Monkey God, he tells the gruesome story of the curse of La Ciudad Blanca.
0: This is fascinating now, to me. Fascinating. It is
1: it is this is this is amazing. This is the in my opinion this is the best curse story ever. Mm-hmm. Okay? Many members of the expedition, including Preston himself, became very ill. Preston explains, Hondurans and Americans alike came down with this disease called Leishmaniasis. And the very, very bad form of it is called Mucocutaneous Leishmaniasis.
0: I can't say it. It does sound terrible anything it with does. muco in it sounds terrible that's
1: right now you know when 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 preston was explaining this he said up front i don't want to revolt you know the reader right but it's essentially a flesh eating disease he says it's like leprosy and it's transmitted by the bite of a sandfly but the parasites which is a single cell organism, migrate to your face. They eat away your nose and your lips mm-hmm. until they fall off and leave your face an open weeping sore. Uh-huh. Okay? I mean, this is real. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not a this is not, oh, that's what they say will happen. No, this is what happened. Okay,
0: and the fascinating uh, and, part about that, Hondurans got it too,
1: right? So, so they're not they're there. They're not immune to it. Right. They haven't developed any kind of immunity to this.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. You would think in a region you're usually pretty immune to the stuff in your region, and it's when you travel outside of your country that becomes a problem. That's why you you usually get shots for stuff when you travel outside right. of your country, but even the hondurans were getting this leishmaniasis so that means it's very unique or very very bad like it it's yeah. it's a rough one yeah the
1: the parasite will eventually eat away the bones of your face and create a hole in your head and eventually you die uh. but But not before you have this miserable existence as your face rots off. Right, right. I mean, look, if if you got to ask me, okay, you're going to get sick and something is going to rot off of you before you die. My face is way at the bottom of the list yeah of of something i might consider letting rot off exactly okay? exactly my my pinky toe is probably numero uno yeah face and and maybe maybe something else yeah is way down right. at the very bottom
2: i was
0: going to say there <laughs> okay. there's two particular regions that i don't want Lashmaniasis hitting and right. and the face is definitely tied but
1: but they get they get to your face mm-hmm. okay
0: that's the mucosa said, part of the first one, and it hits the mucous membranes.
1: Right now, that's what happens if you're not treated. Now, Preston and his team received the treatment, but they said it's a really horrible treatment, and it doesn't cure the disease, but it kind of beats it back. It keeps the parasite at bay. Right. So you know you you can be okay with this, but it's it's not. It's not like, oh, well, I'm going to get, it's not like you stepped on a rusting nail and you go get a tetanus shot and you're okay. It's It's not not like that at all. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty stinking miserable. Um, and Preston says it was, it was really rough on some of the people in the group. He said, in fact, the Honduran archeologist that was with him nearly died. Mm. So, you know, and, and it's not like people are running around Honduras getting this. Right. Right. And Dan, I mean, you know, we're not we're not seeing pictures of people with uh, Leishman, leishmaniasis um, going, oh, this is terrible, you know, it's awful, it's all over Honduras. We're not seeing that. No. You have to go out here yep. in the jungle where La Ciudad Blanca is
0: and in order to encounter this. What I heard was that it's one that medical professionals had not seen. It is a type of Leishmaniasis that medical professionals have not seen before. And, you know, one of the things in the curse is that you'll die from a disease. So right. either the the inhabitants of the area many years ago knew about this Leishmaniasis thing and just used it in their curse, or the curse had something to do with it and yeah, I heard a professional saying, "Well, it's because you're out in an area that has other animals that the sandflies are biting and attracting the, uh, you know, moving that virus from them to you." And my thought was, "Okay, but because they kept talking about the monkeys in the area, sandflies biting them and then biting you and transferring it from the monkeys to you." Well, one. The monkeys aren't dying from leishmaniasis. Yeah. Right? Not that we know of. And two, there are monkeys in many, many parts of Honduras, and these people are not getting it. So it.
1: And I would imagine there's sand flies. Yes. um, In other parts
0: of Honduras. So I I would think that if it was simply that, we would see other cases of it outside Mm -hmm. of La Ciudad Blanca. I feel right. like there's something else to it, and that may just be me because I've done too much research like this because I know you're kind of <laughs> on the same page as me, so it may be our yeah. history no. of research, but
1: I, mean, you know, there, I think there's something It's not showing to it. up anywhere else. Right, Yeah, right. But now, archaeologists believe that the disease may be why early inhabitants abandoned the city in the 16th century. Believing that the area was cursed...
0: Maybe yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah, so so you know it's we're, we're at a chicken or egg kind of right, situation. Right. What was the area cursed and that caused these inhabitants to leave, or did they leave and put a curse on the city?
2: Right.
0: We
1: don't know.
2: But um,
0: again, you would think if it was there, if it was there prior to them leaving, it would go elsewhere, especially if some yeah. of them had it and took it elsewhere then other sandflies would bite them and take it to somebody else you know right. what i mean so i i think right. in in my opinion i think the curse came first mhm but
2: yeah
1: now history tells us that this the abandoning of the city most likely happened right around the time that the spanish conquistadors invaded the region and brought with them other diseases that the indigenous people couldn't fight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we that that's happened all throughout history sure. when, yep. you know, Europeans made it to the Americas, you know, they, they brought all kinds of illnesses right. that the indigenous people of the Americas had never come into contact with and had no immunity to it at all. Right. So it was wiping these folks out. Mm-hmm. Um, And that would happen whether there
0: was war or not. If you just bring a bunch of people into an area that doesn't have disease, that's another reason you get inoculated before you go to another country. So Mm -hmm. you don't take anything over there with you to them. So,
1: yeah. Now, um, now the archeological team did discover quite a few artifacts and the the archeological team led by Chris Fisher of Colorado State University, Dug up more than two hundred artifacts, including or- ornate sculptures of animals, ritual stone vessels decorated with animal heads and geometric patterns, and ceremonial metates. And I'm not sure that I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but they they thought that these would have been a type of throne. Now a metate um, it is it's like a kind of a big curved. Dish that they use to crush grain,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and you take a big, a big, heavy rolled stone and you roll it back and forth over that, so you can crush the grain. Now, why they thought this was part of a throne, I, I, I never did find an exact answer to that. Um, but I know that's what a metate is. Um, but Fisher went on to say this. He said some of the metate legs have puzzling markings on them. One set of cross-banded motifs, according to archaeologists who examined it, resemble a Mayan sky band. Now, that's similar to depictions of the night sky found under seated figures in sculptures at uh, Chichen Itza in Mexico. So that's where Adam talks about We saw some Mayan influence uh, in, in the artifacts that were found, um, but it's not exact. And so that's more evidence that you know the people of La Ciudad Blanca were not Mayan
2: mm-hmm. um
1: but you know had had obvious contact
0: traded with, with them or something,
1: yeah, yeah now cross banded motifs are often associated with gods and objects of power in the Mayan world. The metates also display many puzzling pseudoglyphs on them that have really yet to be studied now this was from you know 2017 2018 Um, but there's still no evidence that they have figured out anything further right um, by studying these artifacts now researchers discovered that the artifacts had originally been placed together on a red clay floor arranged around a central figure of importance which was a sculpture of a vulture uh, several of the vessels placed around the sculpture had a carving depicting a strange humanoid figure with a triangular head. It had hollow eyes and an open mouth on a withered looking body. Now this was according Weird. to national geographic and this carving is believed to represent a death figure.
2: Sounds so, like
1: it. Yeah. So I went cause I, when when I read this, okay, there is, a, and I can't remember because, but I think it, I, I want to say maybe it's Resident Evil. Um, there is a there is a character in a in a video game in a more horror type video game called Pyramid Head.
2: hmm mm-hmm.
1: So, um, when I read this, that that was the image that immediately came to mind. So I I went and I looked for, you know, ancient deities with a triangular shaped head. All is you know tried some different keywords. Everything that came up was Egyptian in some fashion. Um more or less because the way the artwork of hieroglyphics and sculpture were, you know, that you know Anubis's head was very triangular. It wasn't exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. Um so I didn't see anything else as as far as any other groups in that area worshiping a deity with a triangular head, or having a, a similar something similar to a a, a god of death um, that would have a triangular shaped head, but that's very very interesting. So I mean it 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 really pushes the fact that this was a civilization that we essentially know zero about, right? You know, that it's it's different from the ones that we've you know, we do know about and we've studied for, you know, decades and decades. We don't know anything about these and it's obvious they're different.
2: Yeah. So yeah.
1: that that really makes it even even more strange, um that they abandoned this city and just left everything and, and were gone. Either they were wiped out or or they moved to another area. Maybe they began to intermingle with another one of the I, indigenous. I was going to say,
0: if, if they moved, what's strange to me is that when the Aztecs, the Maya moved, you knew they moved because in their new area, they started the same artwork, the same language, the same building types in another area. So you could say, OK, they moved from here to here. But this civilization, we don't see it pop up anywhere else. We don't have now there may be archaeologists in listening that say, no, we actually do. And here's what it is. And if that's the case, then hit me up and let me know. Um, But as far as the research that I've done, we don't see this same depictions of stuff in another culture that we can research and figure out who this was exactly. So Mm -hmm. if they moved, they had to have jumped in with the Maya or something and completely lost what they were doing and just took up the Maya stuff. Yeah. But it's just weird to me that this is the only area that they found it in.
1: Yeah, it it is really weird. Um, But, you know, if we kind of speculate. We're um, good at that. We're good at that. Yeah. So, so the last inhabitants of the city, um, they're, they're getting the hell out of Dodge. Mm -hmm. They gather up their most precious sacred objects and left them as a final offering to the gods as they departed. So in some cases, breaking them as a way to release their spirits.
2: Right. Right.
1: So, you know, when they, when they found this area, everything was congregated in in such a fashion that it wasn't just this was where this stuff was right that, yeah you know this was the, it just everything stopped and where it was is where it was it looked purposeful because it was all gathered up um yeah in a, in a what what appeared to be a symbolic offering
0: yeah it wasn't like um, pompeii where everything was where it was <laughs> at the just
1: Stop Yeah, like hitting pause on a VCR. Yep. You know?
0: Yep. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Everything, because the area that they found this stuff in, it was a pretty small area, geographically speaking, for a dig site. And they found yep. those 200 pieces in that small area. Right. So it was like people brought it there and left it there.
1: Yeah, because they actually found three separate locations, but they were only able to excavate one of them. Right. Because they couldn't stay. They were all getting sick.
2: hmm Okay.
1: Now, again, why the city was abandoned, we'll never know. Um, at least not with any certainty. But one, as we said earlier, one hypothesis is that the inhabitants were plagued by diseases, not necessarily the parasite, um, but the diseases brought by the European invasion, which you know, as we said, it it affected a lot of, a lot of the indigenous people. Um, this particular article said it decimated up to 95% of the indigenous people. Wow. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing what a common cold can do. If you've never been
0: exposed to one. Yeah. If you have no antibodies to it, it'll wreck you, man.
1: That's like the, the, the saying now you get people that'll say, uh, um, Oh, you know, you got to let kids play. You got to let them get dirty and all that. Mm -hmm. You know, eat dirt and play with snakes and touch frogs and bugs and all this because that's how they build immunity. There, there is some definite truth to that. Yeah. Okay. Um. But, um, I I, sometimes I think it's just uh, it's just the way parents become. You know, (laughs) if if you're a new if you're a new parent, okay. You know, your baby drops the pacifier. You pick it up, you clean it off, you wash it off, you sterilize it, and then you give it back to them. By the time you get to number five, you you're spit just like, on it,
0: wipe it off, and here. give it back. Yeah,
1: hey, yeah, sometimes you don't even wipe it off <laughs> unless it's like visibly dirty. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's just a little extra flavor. You know,
0: mm. there you go. <laughs> yeah. and there's probably some truth in that too. I, I think there is some truth in the um, in the letting them expose themselves to some things because, I mean, it does your uh, antibodies then learn in small amounts. This is not good. I fight it. But right. there's also a DNA component to your immune system that mm-hmm. gets passed on f- for generations. Um, they have found Neanderthal genes in our immune genes. When they looked at homo sapiens sapien, they found Neanderthalus genes in there that we had taken from the Neanderthals back in the day when we intermingled, we'll say, Mm -hmm. um, and that was a good immune system gene. So homo sapiens sapien took it. And so there is a genetic component as well. And if your ancestors weren't exposed to any of this and did not pass on that gene for making this antibody, then you're not going to either, and then you get exposed to it, even in a small amount, mm-hmm. and you may get super sick from it.
1: That's right. That's right. All right, Adam. Let's take just a minute and talk about one of tonight's sponsors and one of our favorite uh, Raycon earbuds. Oh yeah, now, I'm 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 telling you. If you haven't experienced Raycons, you're missing out for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. But for, for just the ease and function and comfort and wear, you got to give them a try. Okay? Um, Raycons' everyday earbuds, which is what I use, uh, they look and feel and sound better than they ever have. I mean, you get, you get specialized little gel tips— Okay? Just just like you do with a lot of a lot of headphones. But these are, these are super soft, they're super comfortable, and they allow you to have that perfect in-ear fit. And you almost forget that you've got them on and they will not come out. I mean, I, I like to wear mine um, when I'm laying down. I like to wear them cutting the grass. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have sweat. I have, you know, taking a hat on and off, taking off my sunglasses. So I'm con- my hands up there. Never. I have never had one fall out.
0: Oh, no. Um, it's, it's amazing how how well they fit, but they it doesn't hurt. Like some of them hurt your exactly. ears because they're shoved in there so much. These don't. <laughs> Raycon does not. And the cool thing is, like you, I wear mine all the time. Um, I wear it when I go to the gym. Uh, wear it when i'm doing projects around the house and stuff and that's a cool thing because they have that noise isolation mode which is one of my favorite modes that they have and it allows me to do like i can run the saw and be listening to music and it knocks down some of that saw noise as if i was wearing earplugs but i also get to listen to music and yeah. I can go all day that way because they give you eight hours of playtime, and then the box has a 32-hour battery life. So you could have one in and the other one charging and just flip-flop back and forth for 32 yeah. hours straight. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing. You get all that, but they're priced just right because you get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands, which is incredible. And I mentioned the noise modes, uh, the noise isolation mode. They have multiple other modes. They have uh, the awareness mode, which allows you to listen to music but still hear people talking to you. They have customizable sound profiles, and they have the earbud tap functions that help you control your earbuds without having to go into your phone and change settings you can do it from your earbud. if you have not yet checked out raycon you need to and you can get on board with matt and i and be super happy with raycon earbuds and all you've got to do is go to buyraycon.com today and use our promo code tails 15 that's t-a-l-e-s 1-5 and you'll get 15% off your Raycon order.
1: Yeah, that's Tails15, T-A-L-E-S-1-5, at BuyRaycon.com to get 15% off. BuyRaycon.com, code Tails15. Now, La Ciudad Blanca may have a lot more secrets and my guess is yeah it does
2: because mm-hmm. still had
1: not found this giant monkey statue right okay which i would i would really want to know if it's actually there that they, would be that would be the the kicker as far as knowing that what they found is actually the C- yeah. the ciudad blanca from the legend
0: yep they um, may find this tip it up its mouth is going to open and infectious murder hornets are going to come out and it's going to spread some leishmaniasis to everybody through murder hornet stings and it's That's like right. well We're going- we should have put that back you know we shouldn't have messed around with it
1: a thousand years from now they're going to be going let's tell you the story about why we don't have faces
0: and yeah exactly <laughs> we we are a faceless society because of la ciudad blanca and there was this monkey statue And it was the 2020s. So they should have known better than to screw around with this stuff, (laughs) but they did it anyway.
1: But, you know, like Douglas Preston says, it's unlikely that we're ever going to be able to, to figure out more about this particular location because it is so extraordinarily dangerous to even make the trip. Right now. Honduras has always been one of the poorest places in Central America. And due to recent political strife, uh, most of the country is considered to be unsafe for travel by foreigners, especially mm-hmm. Westerners. Yeah. Okay. The northeast corner of the country where the Mosquito Coast is and the, uh, La Ciudad Blanca are located is considered to be the most dangerous part of this of yeah. this region. Um, it was, you know, once actually in the jungle, Preston and the team encountered everything from quick mud to the deadly fertilance vipers only to arrive and be attacked by a flesh-eating parasite. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he, Preston tells his story. Um, man, it, it's amazing. He said that they got to Honduras and it was like. 70 degrees, balmy, no insects, no rain. It was gorgeous. And he was yeah. like, what's the big deal? This place <laughs> is fantastic. It's like paradise. Yeah. Okay. Then after one night, one night in the jungle, okay, he said he had gotten up and was was going to the bathroom and came back and was pretty much face-to-face with one of these Fertilance Vipers
0: i remember and that a huge yeah.
1: one at that
0: yep and he was saying he'd lost the trail for a second and when he found uh-huh. it he got back on the trail and then oh crap there was a six foot long fertilance. yeah
1: he said one of the members of their expedition was an a british jungle warfare expert he's a good so, friend
2: to
0: have
1: <laughs> no kidding it was a uh, it was bear grills or something you know?
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh or or no it was like um what's it Robert Irvine you remember, he, oh you know, the, yeah the chef you yep. know and he was like oh the British Secret service yeah um but no he this guy he got their attention and so this this British guy he comes over and he says I'm gonna move it, move it
0: yeah no thanks.
1: And so he gets a, a stick, you know, with a forked end, and he pins this thing's head and it starts shooting venom. Yeah. Like shooting venom. That's
0: out. what's crazy to me is that this snake pulled a, a, a cobra move and started yeah. spitting its venom. Yeah.
1: So in order to, you know, he, he reached down, he got this thing behind the head and it's like. Uh, Preston describes it that it's arcing its head backwards trying to bite his hand mm-hmm. and it's still spewing all this venom, which got on this guy's hand. Yeah. And he said after a few seconds, this, his skin started to bubble. Yeah. Okay. So this, not only is this thing venomous, it's like shooting acid. or mm-hmm. something. And uh, so he, he said he knew then, um, the British, the, the British warfare expert, he, he knew that he had to take the snake out. Mm-hmm. So he actually got it on the ground and had to pin the body with his knees so that he could cut the head off. And he said even after they got the head off, the body was trying to slither away into the jungle, and the head is still spitting venom.
0: Yeah, and it had inch to inch and a half long fangs. Yeah. They okay, were long this, fangs.
1: Uh-uh. I don't I don't. don't want to fool with it. I don't like snakes that much anyway. I sure don't want to fool yeah. with one of these.
0: I don't mind snakes, um, but I don't like the ones that can kill you. So yeah. any poisonous yeah, right. ones or any large constrictors, I'm not a big fan of. Mm-mm. Give me a corn snake. I'll take a corn snake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this is the first night. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they, they, they've barely even gotten started, and, and this is happening. Uh, he tells another story of one of the uh, uh, I think it was one of the either one of the journalists or the one of the Honduran archaeologists that they actually almost lost in what he calls quick mud which is similar to the idea of quicksand but they were trying to trudge through this and they were going slowly but that she it started sucking her down you yeah. said that, you know, bubble started coming up. They had to wrestle her out of it. It took several of them to get her out.
0: Can you imagine? That would that would freak me out almost as bad as the snake. I yeah. mean, you're you're going down, getting sucked into the... When I was a kid, I thought quicksand was going to be a big issue because it was on all the shows we watched. <laughs> yes, and yes, I know. Turns out I don't run into quicksand except for one time in Florida on the beach. And... Then it only sucked me into the knee, but I I mean, to be getting sucked down in a puddle of mud, and you know, Uh if you get to a certain point, even if your head doesn't go under, it's going to keep you from breathing and you're going to suffocate in this mud puddle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Can you imagine how deep that mud had to be too for that to happen? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's insane. And you know other than just having a big neon sign on the edge of the jungle going go away yeah i mean you know what else what else do you need to say we're we're not supposed to be here
0: yeah. no you know? no room for you here please leave
1: <laughs> the jungle does not want us yeah okay um but they did they did trudge on and you know as we discussed they found the artifacts and everything but there is no evidence that these ruins that they found are actually the legendary White City,
0: right? Because um, they didn't find giant white sculptures anywhere,
1: right? Right, and um, and and it's believed that there were many powerful ancient cities that existed in the jungles of Honduras.
2: I'm sure, yeah. So
1: they could have found another one. Now, either way, this is an amazing discovery. Oh, yeah. Um, even if it's not the white city, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Um, and that's why
0: they called it city of the Jaguar instead of continuing city of, uh, the white city is because they, they weren't a hundred percent sure. And they knew that area would kill you because there's Jaguars. So,
1: yeah. And they found a lot of, of carvings of Jaguar heads. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's how it got its name there. Um, and, and some carvings in, in many of the artifacts, had, uh, jaguar images. So we don't, we don't know. Okay. Um, but it's, it's amazing, um, that this place went undiscovered essentially for 500 years or more. Um, we, we don't really know if they found it in the 1940s. If this is where, um, uh, what's that guy's name? Mode? Yeah, Morday. More, Morday. Um We don't know if this is the site that Morday actually found because he didn't share it. Right. And he wasn't, and able to, wasn't able to go back.
0: I would almost be willing to bet it's not because for two reasons. One, he didn't didn't talk about all the crazy dangers when he got out. And two, he apparently brought back what did it say, 200-something, a bunch of um, uh, pieces from that area. Mm-hmm. And when they found um, this La Ciudad Blanca, what they thought was that, um, that area had not been looted. Like, there was not there was not evidence of someone being in there and taking pieces and leaving other pieces. So, I I I think he found another one, or he found another piece of this one city, and didn't get to that main plaza area that they got to. But in my opinion, there are places in the world that humans shouldn't go. Period. Don't need Mm -hmm. to go, but but should not go. Period. And I think. The the jungles and and the areas let you know that
2: mm-hmm. like
0: if you're if you're supposed to be in an area and you'll you'll notice this with if it, like we were talking about um, Faye and elementals and stuff and how the ocean for you is like the the woods are for me. I feel comfortable. I, I feel relaxed and at home. Things work out for me there. Everything is fine. And I think if you're supposed to be in an area, nature will show you that. Nature will mm-hmm. say, you're fine to be here. Let me help you out. Just treat me respectfully and I'll help you out. But if you're not supposed to be in an area, it will also give you a lot of signs that you mm-hmm. need to get the hell out of there. And right. fertilants, Jaguars, Jaguarundi, quick mud, uh, Leishmaniasis. All things that say you should not be in an area that humans need to stay out. Mm -hmm. And it may have been that way from the beginning. And this pre-Columbian society that popped up there may have popped up there and then went, they tried to uh, tame the wilderness Mm -hmm. in that area. And they quickly found out, no, this area is not for humans, we should not be here, and they moved. And it it may have been, you know, it, it could be, if you want to take it along the curse line and the elemental line, this may be a place that is cursed, but the civilization that was there did not curse it. They were just the first victims of the curse. This area has probably been accursed for probably since the beginning of time when it popped up. And this is not an area for humans. And they found that out. And then this research group found that out. And anybody who goes in there later will find that out. This is not an area that you need to be. So I think there is there is validity to the curse, but I don't think the culture cursed it. I think they just found out this is a very cursed place and nature wants you out. There could be some, you know, I like this ancient spirit from the beginning of time that lives in this area, and this is their domain, and that's how they keep you out rather than manifesting and screaming at you, get out like these Mm -hmm. haunted houses do. They just send their natural defenses at you
1: I mean it, it just I know it sounds crazy to say this but it makes perfect sense that nature says this is not for you mm-hmm. you know this is mine and and if and we talked about this at the beginning of the show um you know why the jungle would just take it back and my idea is it's not just the jungle okay right. but the the jungle would be the, the planet earth hitting you with that knockout punch. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, it, it all over the planet, it hits you with, with jabs and body blows and everything. And you just have to keep fighting back because I mean, if you've ever watched one of those, um, the first day after humans are gone, and, you know, this is a year after humans are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, it's all speculative, but it's not wrong. No. Um, you know, it, things would begin to flourish. You know, the natural flora and fauna of an area will take it over. Have you ever seen an abandoned house or an old barn or anything like that? Look, just look. I mean, yep. vines will grow on it. I mean, it, it's rotting away. It's being torn apart by nothing but nature, whether it's plant or animal or elements. Yep. It, it it will destroy it over time without human intervention to prevent that from happening.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? Um, even Even the largest city, the most urban place you can imagine, will fall victim to this if, you know, the human race doesn't do something to keep nature at bay.
2: Right, right. So,
1: so I, I, you know, I, I've heard, cause we've talked about other lost places where, whether it's in the jungle or in the oceans, um, you know, the, the planet just kind of says, "Yeah, this is mine. You know, you can't have it anymore. Um, and takes it back. Right. Um, and I, I, I firmly believe that. And, you know, when, when people <laughs> love this, George, I heard George Carlin say this years and years and years ago, or he said, you know, everybody's worried about plastic destroying the planet. You're destroying the planet with these plastic grocery bags and these plastic bottles. You're destroying the planet. It's like, uh, eventually the planet will just be earth plus plastic.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: it'll just say okay whatever i mean it's like we're we're not destroying anything we're you know the the planet will take care of itself
0: well and they're they've found bacteria that eat plastic now so
1: yeah so the earth
0: will figure I mean, out a way if we quit doing it the earth will figure out a way
1: yeah yeah and and the earth will figure out a way to take humans out
0: absolutely in an
1: area that they
0: shouldn't be absolutely
1: I mean, I, 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 believe that wholeheartedly. All right. So this is a point in the show where we say, what do you think? And, and we've given you a lot to think about. Um, do you, do you think that maybe, um, this, uh, expedition in, uh, 2017 actually found, uh, Lucia dad Blanca? Um, do you think they found another city and Lucia dad Blanca is still out there somewhere? Um, do you, what do you think about nature taking things over you know the all these all these deadly things that they had to face and come in contact with in order to even get to the location um you know it it, it pushed them back extraordinarily hard what do you think what do you think let us know and the best place to do that is in our Facebook group it's called the graveyard you, you can search for us on Facebook. Um, it's a fantastic group um, thousands of members um, sharing uh, personal experiences uh, wild theories some jokes in there it's just a lot of fun it's almost um, 8,000
0: so members Matt
1: almost 8,000 members in the graveyard and you know we're just we're, we're just in all I've told Adam before if this show went away we could feel good because we have created a, a safe space on the internet for people to share. Yep. Um, you know, these kind of stories Absolutely. not worried about being called a, a nut job or a weirdo or any of that stuff. You know, it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in the graveyard. Um, but you can go and check out our website, which is graveyardpodcast.com And on our website, you can find links to purchase graveyard tells merchandise. Hey, it's never too soon to start christmas shopping so you know you right. got that if you've got that that graveyard tales listener um on your christmas list you know it's it's a great time to pick up that that graveyard tales hoodie
2: uh-huh. um,
1: that coffee mug whatever there's all kinds of things and you can find those links notebooks uh, at notebooks i yeah. love
0: the notebooks man i got one love that notebook with the skull mic logo on it that's awesome
1: Yep, you can get the skull mic. You can get the the film noir uh, poster that a listener did for us um, that you see behind me. Um, it's really really cool. So uh, so jump in there and check out all that merchandise. I mean they're they're constantly coming out with new stuff to slap our logo on. Mm-hmm. We, we love it. Um, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It brings us up the charts. It makes the Graveyard Tales uh, show easier to find and somebody, uh, somebody searches uh, ghost podcast, paranormal, all that stuff, it's more likely that our show will pop up on the list of responses. Right. So, so that's all we've got for uh, La Ciudad Blanca. Pretty uh, pretty fa- fascinating episode. Oh, right
0: I now. love it, man. I love it. It's the kind of stuff I love. That hit historical stuff mixed in with a little bit of what the heck. So.
1: <laughs> that's right.
0: So until next time, we'll
1: save you a seat in the graveyard.
2: See you soon.